Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill Welcome to another episode of SolarCast Your boy Pastor Christian Anderson with my man Jimmy De Los Santos How you doing, Pastor Chris? And Pastor Henry Knox Yo, yo, what's up, Pastor Chris? What's going on, people? What's up with that pause, Jimmy? What pause? <laughs> you, Did that pause? Yeah, there was a little pause in between. You know, I said Jimmy De Los Santos and you pause. I was wondering if you just. Well, saying, I was just trying to see if you get my name right. Oh, okay. Like, you know, uh, I thought you were just admiring <laughs> your new uh, your new uh, toy over there. Oh man, come on! Let's not get into that. So, so, so I I got a new laptop. You know, I was trying to do this because uh, uh virtual backgrounds, like you know, that virtual background behind Pastor that ain't his house. <laughs> people don't be people don't be fooled. That's not Pastor Henry's house. And uh, I, you know, this is my room that you're seeing. It's kind of messy. Uh, you know, it, and I'm trying to clean it up. You can even see there's a trash can back there. Uh, but you know, uh, it, it's is funny. That, is um, that trash can got, for all the uh, her- heresy books you have? Uh, no, no, I can't, I can't get those in the shredder, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually having to shred some mail and stuff like that. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable just throwing the mail out in the bag, right? The stuff that's got your name on it and things like that that could be pertinent. So I shred most of the stuff that I think is important, and I, that's what that's what the duty is to do today. I I got some tasks ahead of me, um, but no, I mean. It, I tried to put a virtual background in here and it works, but it's just not as slick as Pastor Henry's. So I'm going to try to figure out how to make that happen on my old laptop. And so that's the thing. I bought a new laptop. The old laptop that I had wouldn't allow me to do a virtual background. And this one does. And if, you know, if anybody's been watching us on the YouTube channel, they know that Pastor Chris has had some uh, virtual backgrounds himself also. Although, I would just stick with what you got, Pastor Chris. That's awesome. Your little book collection there. Yeah. Little book collection. Look at the, the book collection. Yeah, I was got. like, little? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the commentaries, all that stuff, man. I, 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 I know it's wrong, brother, but I covet that library. <laughs> I think it has to do, and maybe, I don't know, Pastor, do you have lighting or something? I think it has to do with lighting, man, because I don't know. Mine's don't doesn't work anymore, the virtual background. So I don't know if I, I'm positioning the light the wrong way or, or something. But Yeah, I'm really close, but, but I also have uh, what it's called ips monitors so they're really really bright so most of my light comes directly from my monitors but i have a small light right here and then of course i got one of those you know one of the stand-up lights or whatever so it does pretty good so you know i, I, don't, I don't have a problem again there's no. there's there's people a lot techier than us listening and saying these guys <laughs> i was gonna say that is like it's like Guys that are listening, you know how amateur we are at doing the YouTube <laughs> stuff. Like uh, we're so amateur at even the podcast. It's a miracle stuff. we got a podcast going, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's lasted two years, right? Yeah, 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 I'm telling you. Hey, have we announced? Have we announced that Jimmy is an elder candidate? I don't think we've announced that yet. I, I no, I don't think we did. About it. We've, we've talked, about, talked it. about it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm, 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 you know, doing some reading. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm trying to reach out. Like you said, so you, you gave me some me? things. In the, in the beginning of the show, do you want me to say when I say Pastor Henry? Do you want me to say nominee? Elder Pastor, candidate Jimmy Got to get a name tag. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think you need to do that. I mean, I, I don't even know what happens after uh, if they vote me yes in as an elder. Is everybody going to come up to me and say elder? I mean, you know, I don't see that <laughs> happening. <laughs> Or, you guys- or, 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 or pastor. I mean, those words are inter- interchangeable. But seriously, we I think we need to do 
a topic or episode on eldership, biblical eldership yeah. Uh, yeah. podcast, because I, yeah. uh, me personally, anyway, I, my church background doesn't, you know, I didn't grow up with elders. It was just that single pastor model. So I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of our listeners that, that's, that's in a church or maybe grew up in a church that didn't have this elder model, which we, we believe is biblical. And I think we yeah. just need to devote an episode talking about it. That would help me understand what I'm getting into. But, <laughs> you know what? Here's, here's, here's the deal. that I, I, I hear what you're saying about the pastor thing. And um, I actually had some people that asked me, I, I thought you were already an elder. And, I, you know, I, I do try to avail myself to, to be a servant in the church. And I think every Christian should. Every Christian should uh, find their, their place of ministry and their place of service and, and get involved, right, in the local church. Uh, and I, I love being in the, in, the, in the house of God. I just love going there and, and doing what I can uh, for the worship and things like that. So somebody asked me a, a few weeks back, I thought you were already an elder can uh, an elder. Uh, and so they didn't realize they didn't know. And I've actually had a few other people that would inadvertently call me pastor yeah. thinking because, you know, I go up there and I do the Psalms or I do this and inadvertently call me pastor. I even saw a guy put me in his, in his phone as a contact as I was giving him my number as pastor Jimmy. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to step back and say, okay, that's how he feels about me, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just pastor one of those Jimmy, things I guess huh? that people put on you. <laughs> I don't, it's weird, right? It's weird. It sounds yeah. funny. Do you, do you, pastor yeah. JR? But anyway, you know, it's good to be back. We were out last week. We, we, um, you know, had some things to do, so we had to play a replay. So it's good to be back on a new episode. It's good to be back talking about subjects like this. Uh, we, from time to time, like to stop down and devote an episode to a figure in, in history and in church history in particular. Uh, we've done Luther. We've than Calvin. Um, those might be the only two we've done so far. Uh, but today's uh, character or, that we're going to uh, mention or talk about and discuss in this episode is actually, you know, very uh, intriguing. You know, has a lot to do not only uh, in church history, but also uh, American history. Uh, so we want to spend some time and talk about uh, the life of Frederick Douglass. And this is going to be an interesting one, guys, because I think that there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners who maybe have not even heard that name before, who, who may not even uh, know the story of Frederick Douglass. I mean, we bring up people like John Calvin and 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 Luther, and most people have heard of them. And uh, you know, or even if the, if you don't know the the history of uh, or the story or the life of John Calvin and Luther, you probably have at least heard their names. But I, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that have heard of Frederick Douglass and his contributions. Uh, not only again, not only to to the church, but to you know American history. So we want to uh, stop down and talk a little bit about a man in history named Frederick Douglass. So. Jimmy, what, what do you got for us on, on Frederick Douglass? Can you can you share us a little bit about it? Sure. Frederick Douglass was was born in the year 1818 uh, in Talbot County, Maryland. It was funny when I was reading some of this. Uh, there's a place called Tuckahoe that that he was really close to where he was born. If you read his uh, autobiography, uh, he he wrote several autobiographies. If you read one of them, he'll he'll mention the fact that he didn't know, and that was really touching to me when I read that. Is like I don't know the day I was born, and it hit me that. I guess they wouldn't, right? Most slaves wouldn't have known when they were born. And uh, he was separated rather quickly from his mother. Yeah. And uh, it it, uh, it struck me that that was a common practice to separate the children from their parents because they were they were considered property and they weren't considered a family. They, were, they weren't considered a unit. Uh, but um, he grew up very smart young man, right? Born in 1818 at a young age, learned to read at, against all odds. Right. Like they did not teach slaves how to read. And so for, for it was against him, the law. Yeah. Yeah. It was against the law. And so 
he did. He had a kind of mistress, someone that that began to uh, teach him how to read, but then was forbidden. Not only forbidden, she started to feel like maybe she was doing the wrong thing in teaching him how to read. Mm-hmm. But from there, he he went on to teach himself, and which which was amazing to me when I read that uh, he continued his education on his own, learning to read the New Testament, learning to read the Bible, and so uh, with that, he 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 was able to turn that around and teach others. So it was surprising to me that at one point he was doing a Bible study where yeah, there would be like 40 slaves that would, that would, that would attend. Uh, so he did a lot. Um, he escaped uh, his slavery. He, he had three attempts before it was uh, successful. On the successful attempt, um, his, he had, he had a, a, a betrothed woman. Her name was Anna. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but um, she funded his escape. She gave him some clothes to change into to, to hide and, and got him some papers that allowed him to travel. And so once he traveled to a different city, uh, he was no longer enslaved. Of course, back then they were looking for you if you were a slave, yeah. you were property and they're looking for you. Uh, but he, he had a, he had a trade. Uh, he worked on ships, um, but uh, it was really difficult for him at that time. But he got married. He had kids. The thing, the, the great thing about Frederick Douglass is that he became a, a, he had this real concern for the slaves that he left behind. Right. And so he became a, a, an abolitionist um, speaking against slavery. Uh, he became well known in the abolitionist party. There was a whole group of people that were against uh, slavery and he became their speaker, their orator. He did more. He did more speeches in the in the 19th century uh, than any other person, uh, because this party had him step up to the to the plate to, to deliver these speeches. He was an intense individual that 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 spoke so well. This was one thing that was a a disconnect for most people in that in that in that century, mm-hmm. because they didn't believe that a slave could have the intellect that Frederick Douglass had, and so this was a. Um, this was great. He was able to convince people of, of uh, the fact that slavery was wrong. And so he went around the country giving speeches uh, for why slavery was wrong. At, at some point, uh, friends of his actually purchased him and set him free, uh, truly free. And I thought that was an amazing part of his story. Um, and uh, so he had many kids. He, he did. He had a long and healthy life. So we can we can talk about this, um, his abolitionist uh roots and everything like that but that's just a start so we can start from there and keep on talking about this it's uh two things that you said jimmy that i want to touch on i want to paint this paint the historical scene for most people who don't understand or who haven't sort of read up on american slavery right so you touched on the fact that, that when he was born he was separated from from his from his mother right um well, the reason why they would do that is for several reasons actually uh the first reason was honestly sort of tragic but um, these people were used as chattel. You know, th- this was American slavery, so it was chattel. So, so they didn't want a young mother uh, being preoccupied with such things as taking care of a child because, of course, they couldn't get the labor out of her, right? So they would take the young children and, and give the children to other slaves or other older women, uh, usually, uh, you know, grandmothers, next of kin, or sometimes not even kin um, um, at all. And they would give the child to these older women who were no longer able to work in the field and do stuff like that, right? right? So that was really, really sort of, sort of the main reason. Uh, the, uh, the, the secondary 
uh, very immoral reason during this time of chattel slavery in America was the fact that they wanted to separate their children from the mother because they didn't want strong family units, right? Uh, you separate the father, you separate the children, so that way there couldn't be any any uh, any uh, cohesiveness with these families to where you know one day eventually these slaves would rise up against their masters and, and of course um, you know wind up you know, being these family units. And of course, you know, you see that, you know, I, I hate to sort of try to compare, but there are many, many comparisons that we can make to make to today, right? You know, there is an agenda to to disintegrate the nuclear family, to separate the family today, right? And and that mindset, that immoral mindset has sort of converted even to our day. And um, you look at the parallel as uh, back in back in Frederick, Frederick Douglass time. Um, so it's it's still immoral today. Right. Um, yeah. So those are things that kind of harken back. Secondary thing is, is that um, there is this argument that that uh, that is made against Christianity, you know, sort of sort of involving slavery. Right. Uh, there's this argument that slave masters use the Bible and they and they and they oppress black people and they and they gave black people this particular religion. Well, when you look in many instances, in many instances, slave masters were totally against slaves even reading the Bible because they knew that there in the Bible was freedom. There was even some cases where slaves were not allowed to be baptized into the faith of Christianity because they understood even the immoral, corrupt slave masters understood that if they are now brothers in Christ, they are to be free. Right. And so they didn't want those ideas in these slaves mind because of course they understand the context both the slave and the slave master at that time understood the context that if i am christ then i'm truly free if i'm in christ that i'm made in the image of god if i am in christ i am saved and i have the same rights as everybody else so those are those are two arguments that i that i, that I want to sort of sort of quell yeah. And this idea that Christianity was given to black people and it was sort of an oppressive thing. Yeah. No, the context of the Bible freed black people. And Frederick Douglass is one of those people that was a great orator that used the biblical understanding uh, to, to truly um, enact laws and guided his moral thinking. I like what you said there. Both things, man. I, I could, I could want to just dive into both things. <laughs> and, and as you were speaking there, I was thinking about today's world. They're still doing it. Even though slavery is illegal, and even though there isn't really chattel slavery out there right now, mm-hmm. they're, they're still breaking up the family unit. It's still a, a cultural thing in this country to break up the family unit in such a way they incentivize. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting into my political thing in my mind about the, incentive, the incentives that are given by the government for single mothers to have more children yeah. and not get married, Right. The more the more uh, Medicare and the more uh, uh, dollars that you give to a single mother, and so this is one of those things when they target that they're they're looking at breaking up the nuclear family, as you just said, and it is one of those things that God has ordained for the family unit to be. Uh, a, a, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply. Right. This is supposed to be the family unit. This is the way God has ordained it. And uh, even the culture today does the same thing that was happening with Frederick Douglass, only with the slavery, with chattel slavery, it was just more apparent that they were doing it physically. They were doing it this way. Now it's just a mental thing. And I've heard this said even uh, today. I remember um, hearing um, Candace Owens uh, before before uh, a panel of judges, before the Senate, I think she was talking, and she was saying, you keep on telling us that we're oppressed, 
but you're not addressing the true problems, and that is fatherlessness, right? When you separate a father and a mother from their, from their child, the child suffers, and that's just true. And so that's, that's the first thing. That's, that second thing uh, that, that you're saying, I, I, I love that too, because when you're talking about how, um, even today I hear arguments that say, <clears throat> because evil exists in the world, there must not be a God. Yeah. But Frederick Douglass was above that. He was, he was above that and saying, no, 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 the two don't have anything to do with it. There's hypocrisy that's going on from the Bible. If you're supporting slavery with the Bible, there's a hypocrisy that you're buying into. Yeah. And, in, and instead, he saw Christianity for what, for what it was. And because of his, his faith in Christ, he became, get this, even before being freed physically, right, he was freed spiritually. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that people understand that, right? Um, there, there were some in, in the, that were slaves that were freed spiritually before they ever found freedom physically. Let me, let me give you one quote from Frederick Douglass here, because I, I think this is fitting from, from what Jimmy is saying. So he says, quote, uh, he, says, um, he says, I find since reading over the foregoing narrative that I have in several instances spoken in such a tone and manner respecting religion, as many possible lead those unacquainted with my religious views to suppose me an opponent of all religion, to remove the liability of such Mis misapprehension, I deem it proper to append the following brief explanation. What I have said respecting against religion, I mean strictly to apply the slaveholding religion of this land and with no possible reference to Christianity proper. For between the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest possible difference. He goes on to say, so wide that to receive the one as good, pure, and holy is of necessity to reject the other as bad, corrupt, and wicked. To be the friend of one is of necessity to be the enemy of the other. I love the pure, peaceable, and impartial Christianity of Christ. I therefore hate the corrupt, slaveholding, woman-whipping, cattle-plundering, partial, and hypocritical Christianity of this land. Hmm. Powerful. Yeah, 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 very powerful. You know, one thing as I was studying, you know, the history of Fergus Douglas, and recently I've been going through, uh, you know, I've been reading through World War Two, and you know, just came across like the horrors of the Holocaust as well. And you know, sometimes I think, you know, when we live in in, in our day, it, it's easy for us to kind of overlook some of the the injustices and the evil that went on uh, throughout history. And you know, I think about those things, and and you know, just seeing slavery in, in Frederick Douglass' cases, and and just just how evil men are. And I think that's good to revisit. And and, and you know, and I say I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of come at this from a different way because I know a lot of people like to to say, you know, it's good to, to revisit and kind of parallel, you know, what we're going through today and some of the injustices to, to slavery. But I think, you know, I think we talked about it uh, enough that we, we feel that, you know, we've come a long way as America. But I think I think it's good to, to look at these things and go to look at these things in a spiritual sense and just see the depravity that is still in the hearts of men, right? Yeah. And, and it's good to to highlight the depravity and to, to see that this is what sin can lead to. This is the fruit of sin. When men have evil hearts and hatred in their hearts, then you see things like the Holocaust or you see things like slavery. And man, that is that is just the the fruit of, of the wickedness of men. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's awful to see and it's a horror but i think one thing it does it does do for me anyway is it says man there is true evil in this world 
there's also true light. When you see the darkness, you know that there, this is not hope for anybody. You know, we need to run to a place where there is hope, and that is that is in Christ, right? So, uh, you know, seeing these things, it does highlight just the, the the depravity, the depravity of men. And how can anybody say, oh, no, we're just good people. You know, man is just good, and we just need to be educated a certain way. Or yeah. We just need to be taught certain things. We just need to be steered or whatever. No, no, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all. And, uh, you know, when you look and read uh, about the horrors of slavery, you see that into its fruition but one thing that uh for me anyway that uh caught my attention uh with frederick douglas in particular was just his his desire to to see uh you know everyone equal and and to just to enjoy the the uh maybe equals the wrong word i'm using but just to enjoy the our God-given rights as as people created in the image of God, just to uh, you know walk in justice or walk in in liberty, you know. And he he had that desire, and even through all his life and all the hardships and all, all the all the the boundaries that he had, he always looked looked forward. He had hope. He lived off of hope, you know. And I think that that's just another uh, uh, kind of inspiring thing about his life is that a lot of times us, you know, when we have so much things going against us, we just give up and we just kind of accept, you know, where we're at. But but Frederick Douglass. You know, he didn't give up. He kept pursuing, uh, you know, freedom. He kept pursuing, uh, you know, his his liberty, and he lived off that hope. And I think there's a quote, and I I, I read it, but I can't find it right now. But there was a, a quote about how he lived. He did live off that hope of freedom. Absolutely. You know, that's just an, an inspiring thing to, to see, uh, you know, in the life of, of Frederick Douglass. But let, let's talk about this, guys. When you when you look at Frederick Douglass' view of the the image of God, what, what can we learn, you know, from that? Because he did ha- have a, a high view of, you know, just our basic liberties. Yeah, when, when you when you read the writings of Frederick Douglass, he understood not just the hypocrisy of what he was seeing or what he had experienced in his life, but he understood that that God said in his word that every human being is made in his image. And so that drove him to the idea of freedom, because if I am not uh, um, somebody's property, if I am not just chattel to be commanded and to be uh, whipped and beaten, if this word of God is true, um, God's uh, 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 justice is true, then that means that everyone has the right to obtain this thing called freedom, right? Uh, freedom in Christ, but also we have a duty, right? And this was Frederick Douglass's whole thing, meaning that, you know, in today's time, there's this idea that there's this sort of social justice woke idea that we need to sort of tear down the institutions of America to therefore make it brand new or 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 the whole institution is all racist and it's all bad and everything else or whatever. Right. Frederick Douglass and many other freedom fighters like him who were in Christ understood that, no, the biblical text is true. And this thing called the Constitution is also true. We're just asking you to live up to what is true, right? right. So if you say, so if the slave master or if the person who, who believed in chattel slavery in America believed in Christ, well, you're not living up to your profession, right? And that's where he is, where his whole attack was on that. And really, when you think about it, it is a proclamation of the gospel in the truest sense, because it is saying that all men have the opportunity to hear this good word, this freedom that God's word has. But we have to also live up to it. We have to uh, say it and we have to also walk in it. I'll read a a little bit of scripture Uh, in in Matthew 23. Jesus points out the same thing. Uh, Matthew 23, beginning at verse one. 
It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So, so do observe whatever they tell you, but do not the works that they do. And then he goes on to say, for they, pre- for, for, for they uh, preach, but do not practice, right? I mean, that was Frederick Douglass' life in a nutshell, in scripture form, right? He understood that what was uh, being practiced in America, chattel slavery, oppression, truly immoral behavior, was not living up to what they were preaching, right? Or to what was in the, in, in the word of God. So Frederick Douglass was like, look, we say we both believe the same thing, but your practice is not lining up with your, with your actual profession in America. Yeah. Yeah. And and he he recognized that there was a uh, a speech that he gave. They actually had him give a speech on the Fourth of July. I believe this is a what to a slave is the Fourth of July. It was the speech that he gave. Yeah, and I think they expected maybe more of a you know celebratory kind of speech from him. Uh, but for him, as he as he was as he was speaking, he was pointing out the hypocrisy and how you see the slaves as not people because this is what they did. This is this is how they they uh, justified slavery in their own minds, not mm-hmm. people but property, and this is the same thing that it, that it, that that happened with uh with World War Two with uh with Hitler and the Nazis, uh, Hitler and the and the Jewish people. He he made them out to be not people, subhuman, and so it was okay to 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 gas them. And the same kind of thing with the slaves. It was okay to put them in in bonds and and use them for for labor. And so when he had the opportunity to give a speech on that 4th of July, uh, he, 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 he made it clear. <laughs> this, I'm going to read just a little bit portion of it. This, this, for the purpose of this celebration, is the 4th of July. It is the birthday of your national independence and of your political freedom. This, to you, is what the Passover was to the emancipated people of God. It carries mm. your minds back to the day and to the act of your great deliverance and to the signs and to the wonders associated with that act and that day. He is making it clear that this is something that happened for you, but there are still people in bondage. Right. Back, back when he was saying that, he was trying to make it clear that the image of God, and as Pastor Chris asked the question, uh, it reminded me, and I just I was listening to something just the other day that that uh, was kind of talking about the the, the life of Samuel Clemens, um, Mark Twain. Most people might know him by that, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the writings that he had. Uh, if anybody knows uh, some of the writings of, of Mark Twain, they'll know that he wrote uh, Huckleberry Finn. This was in the same. Uh, era as as Frederick Douglass, uh, Mark Twain was in the in the mid eighteen hundreds. It's just as uh, the same as as Frederick Douglass was. So it was pretty profound that Mark Twain would have the 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 view that he did uh, in having Huckleberry Finn and the uh, the runaway slave Jim on a raft together. Yeah, and uh, where where Huckleberry Finn would come to find out that well, you're just like me. You're a man like me. Uh, where he was, where he was being pressured to, to turn him in, uh, eventually he came to the to the conclusion: this is a man just like me, and I refuse to turn him in. You know, and this is if it, if it means that I that I suffer, then I suffer. And this is the same idea that I think that Frederick Douglass had. These are these are people that are enslaved that are, are actually human beings. The imago day is on them, and they should be free. Right. And so yeah. this was the whole abolitionist movement and why he was so powerful in it, um, such a powerful piece to the abolitionist movement back in the 1800s. 
Yeah, just picking up on, on what Pastor Henry was saying earlier about how, uh, you know, uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, you know, believed in the idea, you know, of America. And then, you know, we have the Bill of Rights that says that all men and women are created equal. Uh, that's one thing that we didn't touch on is that he also also fought for women's rights as well, because yeah. women were also, uh, you know, being oppressed in a way uh, during that time. So that just goes to show you that it wasn't it wasn't only about his his, his skin color that he was fighting for. He was fighting for just the the Imago Dei. You know, the opportunity for people to live uh, with their God-given rights. And let me let me go ahead and go to a verse, uh, James 3, 9, where it says, With it, speaking of the tongue, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we, man, we're not even talking about treating them, you know, harshly physically. We're talking about here in Scripture, we're talking about speaking evil against people. You know, it's even wrong to speak evil against people that are made in the image of God. Say nothing about enslaving them and, and uh, oppressing them physically, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that just goes to show you uh, what the Scripture says about the image of God and how we were created, that we are, uh, you know, uh, deserving of dignity and just the, the basic rights that were given to us, you know, uh, by our creator. So absolutely, I think that's an inspire, inspiring thing. I wanted to go to another quote from, from Frederick Douglass that, that actually caught my attention. You know, maybe, maybe we might be shifting the subject a little bit, but it it, it kind of goes to something that's, that's going on today, uh, specifically even this week. But let me go ahead and read the quote mm -hmm. uh, where he says, find out just what any people will quietly submit to you and you have the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed on them mm -hmm. so basically he's saying like whatever people are willing to submit to what kind of whatever oppression what got whatever rights people are willing to give up then you know that the people taking those rights are just going to go a little further and i think that kind of goes to what we're seeing today i mean we have pastor james coates i don't know why i'm saying that name right you know out yeah. of, up in canada who who's who's actually we found out yesterday he's going to be in prison until uh, may and we have so many Christians saying, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. Just go with it. Or, you know, it's not it's not real persecution. But but that's the thing, you know, just like for Frederick, for Frederick Douglass is saying is that, you know what, once you give them a little bit of your freedom, they're going to take more and more away. Yep. Right. So yeah. and Frederick Douglass recognized that in early age. And he wanted to say, no, this is who we are created in the image of God. We we we, we uh, you know, deserve the least of the basic freedoms that we've been given by God. Yeah. And, and, and you can tell that. That, that Frederick Douglass, uh, again, just kind of follow the same line of, line of thinking, Pastor Chris, because you're so true, because his line of consistency followed all the way through and how he interacted with politicians, how he interacted with presidents, how he interacted in his times in office, how he interacted with women, how he uh, talked about poor people, not just poor black people, but poor white people as well, right? Um, his consistent line went all the way through because he believed in the biblical text of the image of God. He believed in the nature of salvation in Christ, right? So his foundation was built upon those basic principles. And so I, I, I follow that same line of thinking that Frederick Douglass has in terms of consistency, right? So yes, you know, you have people who are, you know, you know, all, all up in arms and, you know, they are so willing. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm talking about church folk, right? I'm, I'm talking about professing Christians, all will just submit to government and everything else or whatever. Look, you know, we have said it several times, and I think it's pretty clear, but I'll say, say it again. We are not rebels. 
We are not called to rouse crowds and to overthrow governments. We are not called to be rebellious against our leaders who are in, in the flesh, both in the church and both also in political offices. We are to give honor to where honor is due. We are to respect the authorities. But at the same time, we are to respect God more. If there is an unjust law that is being enacted or unjust mandates that are being enacted on the people of God, we have the right. We have an appeals process to be to justly to be able to appeal to these these authorities and, and say, wait, uh, uh, wait, you're overstepping your boundaries. Right. Same thing that Frederick Douglass did. Right. You guys have already way overstepped your boundaries, according to your own constitution. Right. So we should do do the same. We have a constitution who, who which is are written by our leaders to govern the leaders. So we have have an appeals process. Look at Paul when he was being being accused of uh, being a rouser and people were lying on him and everything else. He appealed to the Roman citizenry. He said, look, I'm a Roman citizen. I want to talk to the uh, king. And he went through a whole uh, appeals process. And the king even said, King Agrippa said, wow, Paul, your, 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 your case is so strong. You almost, uh, he, he said, he said, you almost convinced me to be a Christian, you right. know, like, I mean, so, so this idea of, of some sort of um, weak Christianity, this, this lay down Christianity of just total submission is, is false doctrine. And we need to understand that. And that line of consistency runs through Frederick Douglass's day and it should run through, run through our line today. Yeah, absolutely. As, as both of y'all are talking about that, I, I think about even the, how we apply some of the stuff that we're talking about to today's world. And I, I just can't help to think, and I, I know y'all are going to laugh when I say this, but about the mask mandates. You know, in Texas, Governor Abbott has said, uh, uh, just coming up Wednesday, we're going to lift that that mask mandate. But And I see Pastor Henry smile, and you guys are thinking I'm going somewhere weird. But it goes to what we're talking about, because the image of God is 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 covered up when we have these masks on. And this is mandated by by the government and and if they take a little like pastor chris was saying they'll, they'll try to take more and you and you have people that have i'm sorry i can't i can't i can't understand the backlash that has gone on this past week from all these people saying it's you know it, it's it's too soon it's you know uh i'm uh, this hey if you want to wear your mask wear your mask nobody's saying that you can't yeah i'm just saying that you're 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 allowing yourself to be enslaved to the ideas that the government has put upon you uh, and see this is this is something different because now they're not actually doing it physically they're doing it psychologically mentally they're enslaving yeah. you in in such a way and so uh, going back to see some of what frederick douglas wrote about and some of the things that that he stood for uh and how he stood on that podium to talk about all these slaves that were free it also makes me think of uh, that quote harriet tubman had that uh, I, I freed a thousand slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew that they were slaves. Mm -hmm. Right. This is this is important. What he was doing was going about from from a different perspective. Harriet Tubman was doing the, the Underground Railroad while Frederick Douglass was standing on podiums and giving speeches about how slavery was wrong, uh, approaching it from two different angles. But looking at that, they had the same kind of idea. If I could just get these people to understand that they're enslaved. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing we do with evangelism. I want you to realize that you're enslaved to your sin. And then I want you to come to know Christ. Amen. I want you to come to know freedom. And so this is kind of the reason that we're talking. What is what is a Christian podcast doing talking about uh, Frederick Douglass and slavery and things like Because <laughs> it has a lot to do with our human nature. We enslave ourselves 
to our sins and we don't even realize that we have become slaves yeah right and, and, and so and i yeah. think that, that that speaks to the power of god's word i mean think about i mean just just really think about the context in which we're talking about right um you know here you have frederick Douglass, who has grown up as a slave been in actual oppression lived amongst immoral people fought his way to learn and be autodidactic so to teach himself how to read and been beaten like literally beaten you know like i mean all this stuff and he, he's endured the uh, you know i mean by our standards today this is a terrible life right you know but but i mean my god he doesn't have a woe is me attitude right he has an attitude of like there is freedom in this word that i've read called the new testament there is this christ who has not only freedom but who has given me value and dignity mm -hmm. i'm gonna walk in that because i know it to be true rather than what other people are telling me right yeah. i mean just i mean think about that mindset that a person has to have um that was developed out of or rather born out of the new testament scriptures out of the bible right uh, a person has to, has to be able to walk in that and and that's, that's why i think that the word of god is so powerful is that is that we have seen multiple times throughout history pastor chris you you hit on it nicely you know uh um whether you're a hebrew in ancient egypt or whether you know you're a jew in the holocaust or whether up to sort of the american slavery days uh even until now, there is dignity, wealth, and value in, in, in Christ, and God's word is the ultimate divider, right? I mean, it, it's, it's powerful. I, I just got one more quote from Frederick Douglass, where he says, um, and, and, and this gentleman, I mean, <laughs> being able to write like this, like I'm sort of put to shame, like I'm reading his right. writing, I'm like, <laughs> like, like I'm almost like some of, some of the white guys back in his day, like surely this couldn't be written by a slave, <laughs> like, you know. But he says, <laughs> but he says, quote, I am filled with unutterable loathing when I contemplate the religious pomp and show together with the horrible inconsistencies which everywhere surround me. We have men stealers for for ministers, women whippers for missionaries and cradle plunderers for church members. The man who wills the blood clotted cow skin during the week fills the pulpit on Sunday and claims to be a minister of the meek and the lowly Jesus. The man who robs me of my earnings at the end of each week meets me as a class leader on Sunday morning to wow. show me the way of life and the path of salvation. Woo! Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. But, but but even that didn't deter his faith. You know, all the hypocrisy that he saw. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't about the man. You know, it was about the God the word was written about. So, I mean, definitely just such inspiration. I, I think another thing just to thinking about what you were talking about pastor henry about his life and all the obstacles he had uh, i don't think we've even mentioned this he he received a, nom uh, a vote for president of the united states you know for the republican yeah. party <laughs> that's just crazy you know here here's a guy who was separated from from his mom at birth or and you know he was he's a slave not didn't know how to read and he made it he found his way to 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 be nominated for president you know that just shows you the resolve that that is in us you know that is given to us by god and yeah. so many people kind of shrink back from that right they say Oh, I got this obstacle against me. I got that obstacle against me. But you see, you know, you're just reading about the story of Frederick Douglass and you see everything that all the obstacles that he overcomes is, is very inspiring. Mm -hmm. I, I want to go to another quote that kind of struck me. He, he says this, thus is slavery the enemy of both the slave and the slaveholder. I, I thought that was a powerful quote because mm -hmm. it shows that, you know, this this wickedness is not only 
something that is being done to me, but it, but by holding on to the wickedness yourself, you are thus enslaved as well. You are enslaved to bond. You are you are in bondage to sin. You are in bondage to uh, the, the evil that you're you're uh, perpetrating. So uh, you know he saw that you know what slavery is not good for anybody. You you think it's good for you. You think that you're capitalizing off off uh, slaves. You think that you're you're profiting. But look what you're doing to your soul. You're destroying it. You know, and I think that's a good message. That's you know, good. even today is that you know for those people that exploit you know others you know and you think that you're getting away with something you're not getting away with anything god sees it all and god's going to call all things or god's going to bring all things into the light everything done in darkness is going to be brought to the light so you know i think that was uh, just an interesting quote uh, that he pointed out there as well that's good any final thoughts guys i, I just want to bring out some fun facts uh i didn't know these things but <laughs> but frederick Douglass is the most photographed individual of the 19th century i saw that yeah that's and cool you can yeah. you can literally go back to when he was probably according to the photos maybe he has photos all the way from when he's eight probably eight nine ten eleven and then in in his 20s 30s 40s 50s all the way until you know you know, pretty much the last of his uh, days. And it's, it's crazy how, how much photographic evidence during this time we have of him. Uh, that's crazy. Secondary thing is he actually was the person to give the most speeches in the 19th century. So <clears throat> from every abolitionist speech to speeches before Congress and everything else, he gave the most speeches. Here's the, here's the incredible thing is that, and this shows the sort of the testament of God and, and, and God's ability to, to, uh, to, to just light a fire in you, right? So um, Frederick Douglass created a newspaper called the North Star, and he was charging $2 subscriptions for his newspaper. So he was an entrepreneur as well. Nice. <laughs> and and get, get this, guys, this is in a time where there's no social media, no YouTube, no Twitter, no Facebook, but he was but he was actually like he was very entrepreneurial and this is in, in a time where where a slave is not supposed to have this stuff going on right but but he had his own newspaper and charged two hour subscriptions in the 1900s it's crazy <laughs> you know so uh that's that, that's incredible two dollars a pop i mean I, I think i think we can we kind of flinch when we have to pay two dollars for some app we buy on our phone right but he right. was charging two two bucks a, a pop for for newspapers back in his day so yeah that's interesting that you say that pastor henry and as part of uh, what i want to say to in closing is is that he didn't have the mindset that a lot have today right like i'm owed something Right. Like he knew he was a slave. Once he was a freedman, he took advantage of the system that was there. Amen. He became an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I can almost say capitalist. Right. And so a lot of people will, will cringe at the word capitalism and say, <laughs> what is that? But get this. He wasn't he wasn't sitting around saying I'm owed reparations. Mm. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to some people are going to get inflamed when <laughs> I say that. Some people are going to get upset when I say that. But you're canceled, he bro. He took advantage of the system that was in place to make a name for himself and he supported all his kids. He had several kids. He, he had a family. Yeah. He took care of his family. And, he and, did what he was supposed to. Yeah. Right. And, and if anybody was owed anything, he would be able to make an actual argument. But guess what this, this man did? He went back to his slave master's property, the owner, and yeah. he told the spouse or the living relative that I, that I forgive you. Yeah. I mean, come, yeah. I mean, 
come on guys now i was that's what that's where I, i'm glad you said that pastor because that's where i was going to end is that if you read the end of his story he, he reconciled with his slave master's wife and you contrast that to some of the things that we're seeing on social media i mean i i've seen i've seen some things like well i, I don't even want to step into a white church right now because yeah. of what people have done to to my ancestors or i don't i don't even want to listen to this white pastor anymore you know i'm done with white evangelicalism wow. right yeah but you contrast that with what frederick Douglass did you know all the horrors and evil and all the oppression that was done to him he went back and reconciled you know that is the that is the true heart of christianity is rec Amen. reconciliation it is love it is forgiveness uh but you know a lot of people don't see that these days yeah absolutely can I add one last thing here? I, I, I think about I think about the proverb that talks about standing before kings, right? As Christians, a lot of times we have the opportunity to speak into the lives of people that are that are higher than us. Frederick Douglass embodied that because he was able to. He met Lincoln. He was yeah. able to give him counsel. Yeah. He, he 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 met leaders. Uh, think about this from from this young man where God had used him from. Having been a slave, giving him the intellect, giving him the gifts of being able to teach himself how to read, taking him to the place of Pastor Pastor Henry, you, you quoted some really deep thinking from from uh, Frederick Douglass, but God took him even even higher than that to be able to counsel even presidents uh, oh, of this nation. So so you think about about the life that he had and the influence that he had, and I, I, I as I was reading about it, I was thinking. Man, I don't, I don't think I do enough. <laughs> I, I, I've been, I've been ashamed here. Like, like, what, what are we doing right now? How are we going about uh, to free slaves right now? And I, this, this to me speaks to me as an evangelist, Amen. saying, "Hey, what are you doing right now to free the slaves that are they're still enslaved to their own sin? They're still in bondage uh, to their own sin." Um, and so that's that's kind of the my last thought when I when I think about what we've studied this week and what we're what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I mean, and this can open up just a whole another conversation, and you know, but I, we know we need to close. But just think about what you're saying, Jimmy. What about the the grave injustice of our day, like abortion? You know, how many times do we overlook that and just mm. just not yeah. even think about it? You know, and just kind of accept it as status quo. You know, yeah. what I mean, I think Frederick Douglass can inspire us even in that area to to kind of speak up for the for the injustices that are going on with abortion or through Amen. abortion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good stuff guys. Uh, man, this was a good, uh, you know, interesting uh, piece, uh, just an interesting uh, thing to look at, you know, it's something that I, I learned from and uh, I'm glad we did this and I hope, I hope it helped people out there. If you, you want to go find more information, you know, there's plenty of stuff, but what is the name of the book, Pastor Henry, that, that you said that was on uh, Frederick Douglass? I mean, there are several, but the main one that you need to read is called the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. And then there's two more that are really good that I used. My Bondage and My Freedom by Frederick Douglass. And then uh, Frederick Douglass, America's Prophet by D.H. Dilbeck. So yeah, yeah, really absolutely, good. yeah. Plenty of plenty of resources out there to kind of uh, learn about that. So hope you guys enjoyed that that episode. If you got any questions, any any anything to add, any pushback, uh, send us a message. You can find us on our social media sites, also on our website. You can go to www.thesolacast.com. Find us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. Just go to the search bar there and search for Solacast. You can like the page and share the page. You can also find us on Instagram at the Solacast or on Twitter at Sola underscore Cast. And you guys are at. I'm at Los Jimmy. I am at Knox Broadcast. And I'm at C. Hernandez 214 on Parlor as well, since Parlor is back. Back up. So we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys on Gab yet? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I created a. Is it, is it MeWe or Mayway? 
Mayway. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, Mayway. And then, uh, but Gab seems like the place where I'm going to sort of rest at because it's safe and it looks like it's pretty open. So not on Gab. I'll, I'll check it out. I, I haven't done any checking out of any of these things. I, I don't post a lot on, on social media. I'm not, I'm not past you, Chris, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have as many, as many followers. Hey, before we, before we uh, adjourn here, uh, Pastor Chris, let's, let's make sure we shout out to Abide With Us is a podcast in the Bar Network family. Amen. And you you beat me Bibles. to it, bro. I was going to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to put me on the spot like that. Anymore. You know what? I'm, I, I would say this. Okay. Abide With Us is, is a featured podcast for this month, along with Guys With Bibles. Guys, if you have not gone to check out those guys, uh, I actually did a guest spot with uh, with Lee Jones uh, with Guys with Bibles just a few weeks back. Uh, we kind of went over Psalm 51. So, hey, go check that ep- episode out. But I uh, want to feature those guys. Uh, and next time we, we record, I'll go ahead and have websites ready, too. Yeah, not yeah there you go. Yeah, not, not prepared. <laughs> Barpodcast.com. There you go. Yeah. And then you're also in the Dallas area, go ahead and check us out. Uh, if you're looking for a church every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., 3232 Batan Street, Dallas, Texas, 75212. You can also find out more information on our website, www.ecclesiachurch.org. But anyway, until next time. Let's get to the meet. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip flops. And he looks like Shook Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music, but clothes that he started. I can find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, wrapped in graces, full of slacks.